The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Phileas Club. This is episode 97 for October 2017. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Phileas Club. This is a show where we get people from different places in the world and we get together every month and discuss what's been happening uh, in the news. So hopefully we get we give you a, a sort of multiple angles and opinions on what uh, has been happening. Today, we have like a full house. I'm currently in Finland, even though I've been spending a lot of time in France, obviously, as usual. Uh, my name is Patrick Beja, by the way. I should always remind people of that. Um, and we also have uh, currently in his car, daring all danger to be on the show, which I'm not sure I approve of. Uh, Turkey, how's it going? <laughs> hey, hey, Patrick, all is good. Uh, don't worry. I I'm a safe driver. Yeah, no people usually I'll make sure say everybody that. has the accidents and not. <laughs> All right. Well, just know I disapprove. I, I would have preferred you waited until you got home to join the call. But hey, at, 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 at least it's hands free. So I'm okay. Not even yeah. Well, anything. yeah. If you were holding your phone, I would not have. Uh, hey, that's 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 very popular in Saudi. People drive with their phones in their hands. Terrible. Um, we'll talk about uh, driving in Saudi, I'm sure, uh, a little bit later. Um, so, Turkey is in Saudi Arabia. I'm in Finland. It's 6.30 for us p.m. Um, Wendy is a little bit farther west. I guess it's 5.30 p.m. for you. How's it going? It is. It's good. It's good. Sweden's good. Did it rain for you today? Uh, did it snow, I mean, for you today as it did for me? It didn't. It rained yet. Yesterday, like I've never seen before. So I assume once it hit you guys, it turned into snow. Yeah, crazy. Pretty, I mean, October snowing in October, like the 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 ground is actually covered. There's maybe ten centimeters of actual snow. It's insane. Wow. Uh, ten centimeters being what? Not three inches, something like that. Um, yeah. No more. Wait, an inch is one point five centimeters. <laughs> you and your crazy system uh franco <laughs> is here as well last time you were on the show you were in spain but now you're in france how's it going yeah <laughs> yeah i like i like to move from time from time to time apparently uh, i lived in madrid for many years now it's been like a um, month and a half that i'm living in toulouse france Excellent. Uh, so we have like a complete mix of like, I'm from France, but I'm not there. And uh, Wendy is from the US, but she's in Sweden. And you're from originally from per Peru, but you're not yes, even exactly. in Spain anymore. And you're in France. Uh, hopefully you can tell us a little bit about the situation in Catalonia, even though you're not from Spain, you might have more insight on that uh, than we do. Since you were there. Uh, and finally, uh, someone who is from the U.S. and certainly stays in the U.S., uh, yeah, Justin Robin, USA, Robert Young is joining USA, us. USA, USA. 
I'm really glad to have you on the show today because uh, we've been talking about it for a long time and people have requested you be on the show to, I'm guessing, disrupt the entire operation, um, probably what you're aiming to do. How's it going? Oh, no, no, no. I have, uh, I've always uh, you know, loved and admired, uh, you know, uh, have everybody on uh, the show and the show in general. So uh, I've, uh, I've been jealous, seething from afar <laughs> that I didn't get to be at the cool kids table. Well, Justin is just here to celebrate Trump for us. Basically, basically, also I hope that, that's what you do. Also, that everybody's red hats. Uh, look under your pillows. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you're on the show. Uh, and you, you, you two, Wendy and uh, Justin, also have. You're on the schedule, as I was saying before we started recording. So we're gonna get going. Before we do, though, I do want to make a quick aside. I'm wondering if I should do like. Opening monologues like they do in in uh, in effect, I kind of do already, um, but formalize it in a monologue. I, I'm not going to do quite that, but I did talk about outrage last episode and how it seems we have been wired for outrage by you know. Uh, uh, I don't know what exactly, but I'm, I'll get back to that. There were a couple of interesting comments in that uh, episode. One of them was an example that someone gave from um, a teacher that was teaching children about uh, grading. I was talking about the fact that we're always at 110% outrage for everything. And maybe sometimes we don't need to be, uh, you know, just be a little bit annoyed or concerned, but not necessarily uh, seething uh, and, you know, yelling about every single thing we can think about uh, that bothers us. And someone um, left a comment about uh, a teacher that would teach kids to uh, grade their stress uh, on a, a, like a thermometer. And uh, she was saying, it was uh, Fiona who was uh, mentioning this, and um, she, it was one of her kids' teachers, and she would say, if like uh, one is your shoelace is undone, and 10 is somebody died, you should grade your uh, stress on that to kind of understand how uh, angry you have to get about something and also maybe take the time to take a step back. And I think that echoes what I was saying last time very, very much. And I think it was an interesting way of putting it as well. And I also uh, noticed that over the course of the last few weeks, we've seen a lot of media reporting on the fact that social media, I mean, traditional media have been reporting on the fact that social media are responsible for a lot of that divisiveness and, uh, 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 you know, turning the divisiveness, divisiveness into that outrage that I was talking about. But I think they're very right. Um, but I think there are two things to note here. First, social media is doing something about it. I, I, I think they're taking the issue very seriously. But traditional media also has their part to play in it, and they have never uh, made the, in, you know, taken the introspective look at trying to figure out what part they play in this whole um, story. The way I look at it, there's really two halves of it. Um, social media is providing us with the constant contact that, that, you know, it creates the outrage because you're always in contact with the thing that outrages you. But the, the first half, which is necessary in order for that to work, is traditional media and more specifically 24 hours news network, which create the fear. 
because they instill in you the, the, the fear that things are going badly. And I'm not necessarily accusing them of make, doing that because that's just the way things go. When you talk about the news, you're not going to be talking about, you know, the nice prairie where the dogs can run and have fun. You know, you're going to talk about the things that are worrisome. But the systemic effect of this is that we're always afraid that everything is uh, out to get us. And traditional media, what I will accuse them of, is the fact that they have never made, t taken that step to, you know, look at what they're doing and maybe, uh, maybe not even change things, but at least uh, look at it and understand how it changes the dynamics in our society. So... Uh, you know, I think this has created what I call outrage culture. I know, you know, there's a lot of <laughs> something culture and not to make light of the rape culture issue, which I think we're going to talk about those things more specifically in a, an upcoming episode uh, very soon. But the outrage culture, I think, is something very real now, and it has to do with traditional media and social media, almost in equal parts. I wonder what you guys think about this. Am I off the mark, or is there any value to this? Anyone can speak. Or no one. Um, Justin, <laughs> certainly you have something to say no, about this. But, yeah. I, I guess the, it, it, it's a really big question, right? And and there's there's a reason why uh, it, it it's hard to kind of jump into, because on one hand, what is... What is uh, uh, outrage and what is just natural reaction to stuff and the fact that we have uh, the one thing that is indisputable is we have far more media than we've ever had before. And, and in, in many ways that does, uh, you know, uh, by by the numbers, exaggerate what we think is going on. I mean, uh, a, a violent crime has never been lower in, in America, for example, since I'm American and I'm going to make American examples because I'm uh, not the world travelers that everybody else is. But uh, <laughs> Uh, but uh, and yet public perception of crime is high, higher than it is. And because we see more of it and that's been on the rise since television news really became a thing in the 50s. So, uh, you know, this is uh, a, a natural extension of that. And there is a responsibility by the media to kind of portray things fairly. But. There's also a responsibility by the media to keep the people that they have employed employed. And, and part of what sells now and, and even in, you know, the stuff like The Washington Post and The New York Times are opinion pieces. And but opinion you know, pieces that are written as, as uh, at times to provoke uh, a reaction. I agree. But I also think you can divorce that from uh, uh, po politics to an extent. I was watching the report of the horrendous Las Vegas uh, attack on, I can't even remember what channel it was, but it was probably something like CNN. And it was honestly, I mean, as a, a French person looking at this from the outside, it felt obscene. Like literally it made me uncomfortable because they were uh, using some of the, I guess, cell phone captured images from the people in the crowd. And, you know, Putting it in a loop, it was maybe a one or one and a half minute uh, um, segment, and they were they had it on a loop with the sound and hearing the 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 machine gun going off and going like, oh, so now tell us, Bill, what is this uh, noise we're hearing? Is it what type of machine is it? Like, it yeah. is voyeurism, and it was it felt just wrong. So, I think uh, in that I, context, I, I say, it's I'll not say political. one of the most 
one of the, the most times that I've been very, and, and I'm very critical of television news and specifically 24 hour television news. Uh, I, 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 my, my bias is that I, I went through school and, and for a very brief time, I was a print journalist and print journalists hate television journalists and blah, blah, blah. But uh, one of the most disgusting things I think I've ever seen on television was during the Houston hurricane. Uh, they were, they had a live, it's just Anderson Cooper in a helicopter that was searching for people. Mm. And it just felt like the, 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 the thing was, Hey, maybe we'll see a dead body. Let's yeah. keep this live shot on Anderson Cooper. As these people go through like the, the sunken ruins of these neighborhoods. And it's like, I don't go out there, shoot that, edit it together, bring back what's, valuable like you 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 don't need to do that kind of coverage and and i think that that to me i i would i would agree and i'm a very 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 you know permissive kind of person media wise i think you know more is usually better but that i found to be kind of just tawdry and disgusting and and i don't i don't uh subscribe to the idea that it's all fake news and you can't have the truth because everything's opinionated and i think it's a different issue But uh, yeah, that certainly struck me. And I think it contributes to this fear, which leads into social media uh, frenzy, creating outrage culture in everyone. And we're all guilty of it. But uh, Wendy, I, I, I thought you wanted to. Yeah, I was just going to throw out there's a there's a reason for all of this. A pretty good scientific one. And that is that we are essentially built to seek out what is dangerous so we can avoid it. Mm-hmm. So all they're doing is capitalizing and marketing and making a ton of money on the fact that we are all lizard brains a little bit, right? So so you're going to show me something horrible that's built in my brain in order to protect me to know. That's why news has always existed, right? It's just that in the last 30 years, what we can see and the detail in which and 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 sort of, I think, kind of what Justin's talking about, the sort of, I'm going to call it the, the loss of uh, sort of uh, the loss of people really sitting down and talking about what's, what is right to show and what is good and what is helpful, what leads news to be good or whatever. I think now it's just what sells, what sells, what sells and what sells is gory and you know, the most we can see. Right. And so it really comes down to there is a part of us that needs this kind of information in order to feel safe. But what's happening today is that it's having the exact opposite thing. Right. It's I'm sitting in my little comfortable chair here in Sweden and, you know, I'm prepping for this by reading all this news and I'm like, Oh, wait, 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 wait. I don't want to know any of this because (laughs) now, you know, my bubble has popped and, And to some extent, I'm no less safe than I was 10 minutes ago, but I now am feeding the part of my brain that says, you know, run, mm. hide, seek shelter, you know. But I think that on top of that, I think the the reaction, I think the media isn't responsible up to a point, but at some point it has, you know, when it starts criticizing, rightfully so, social media and sort of being oblivious to its own role in this whole thing, that's where I, I have to call them out. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, for, Franco, you for me, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for me, uh, it's 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 something has changed in journalism in journalism uh, because uh, for me it, it 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 has been the difference between journalism and entertainment has blurred a lot recently. Mm-hmm. 
because it's it's more uh, more and more harder to hard to to decide if something is just uh, entertainment or if it's really a piece of uh, I don't know um, a report of someone an objective report of something. Uh, I, I I remember maybe it's just my memory being really bad, but when I read newspapers when I was a lot younger. Um, it seemed the news were more hey, boring. If, if you were reading newspapers, were... You, you, you're you not that young now. So <laughs> you, you date yourself a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, the news were more boring in the sense that they were more mm. about facts, about things that happened. And they, 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 the objective was just to tell what happened, not tell it in the in a way that uh, appeals to someone or, or is, is e easier to read and I'm, it's not a critique i think it's important for news also to be a little entertainment uh, entertainment and, and gets people people's attention but i think social media is also part of that it's if you get news by other people they're not really journal journalists they're people mm. who tell stories and they're not trained in the art of of, of making um, an objective opinion about something. They're just people talking and they're fun or they're informative, but they're not really that object. They don't have that objectivity that really, uh, I don't know, for me, it's, it's part of, of what uh, the news is about. So do, do you think... Because it has, it has to have a little, a little bit of, of, of professionalism inside that, that tells you, okay, I could not have written this because I don't have the the the, the capacity to get that that much information because mm. uh, I don't know a, a big newspaper has the ability to 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 find other sources to to cross check to cross uh, to cross check facts I don't know for me I it, think there's a there should be a clearer difference. In France, we have that uh, still a little bit of ethical. I mean, I think it's the case in every country. I don't. Again, I don't subscribe to the to the idea that oh, the media they're all corrupt, they're all crap, they're all fake, blah blah blah. I certainly don't subscribe to that. But I think in France, it's still uh, it's better. We do uh, manage to take a few steps back back usually, but I do think that without casting blame on in the past, I think we should have come. You know, now, if at no point before, to a realization that we need to take a look at the way we're doing things. And if going forward, people don't change the way they do things, at that point, I think they, they would be, uh, they should be considered responsible for this as well. But, um, um, Turkey, I'm not going to ask you about what happens in the press uh, and the media in your country, or maybe I should, I don't know. Why? Why won't you ask? I, I, my impression was that uh, you know there wasn't as much uh, decision making in the process of of media in your country. But uh, well, yeah, that's that's kind of like that. Uh, media is mostly controlled in Saudi, but you do have media that comes from other countries within the Middle East. But the problem is it's international. So you, whatever problems you're having in France, in Europe, in, America, in the U.S., it's still here. And I think here it's even worse because we, our media never really reached a point where it's actually evolved to a point that you can say, well, there, there, there it goes. Because it, during the, the heydays of the media here in Saudi, it was mostly controlled, 100% controlled in those days. And, and most of the other Arab countries, it was completely controlled media. So the values of freedom of press and quality wasn't exactly there and when media got some freedom here apparently they went to the extreme of being uh, 
I don't know. It's just a lot of the media here in the, in the Arab world is uh, either full of it's either controlled by one party or another, whether it's a government or a, a political party or a religious party or anything like that. Uh, or it's if it's free, it's most likely it's going to go to the lowest values of uh, uh, excitement and uh, disgusting media. Uh, Posting stuff entertainment that type, in yeah. a way, way extreme entertainment type of media. If, if you see the Kardashians, like People's Magazine, for example, that's what you mean. I'm saying Kardashians, for example. Right, right. Just so people, that, yeah, yeah. Imagine that ten times, ten times worse. Mm. So tabloids yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we have a lot of mm. that in the Arab world. I've, and, I've mentioned uh, this, uh, a and couple it's mostly of times, on but... social media now. I've mentioned this a couple of times, but we don't have tabloids in France, like, at all. We have people's magazines, but they're not the same as tabloids, and they're a lot more tame, and I'm not sure why. I mean... Because because they're forbidden? They're, they're not allowed? Uh, no, 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 I don't think so. Um, there are still some controversies with the people's magazines we have, but... No, I think that the more uh, sensible explanation that obvi is that, obviously, France is better in most ways. Um, so that, that completely I, I really think they're banned. I mean, in France, they like banning things, so I, I would expect yeah. it to be banned. And, and, the and, government and, says and, no, and I would basically. Agree. I mean, yeah. I would um, All right, let's, no, let's move on. Let's move on. Um, okay, Turkey, very quickly, and then we move on, because we have to talk about the other stuff. Uh, no, I just was going to say, I think one of the biggest problems in the Arab world when it comes to media is this culture lives on rumors and uh, conspiracy theories. They survive on it, and the media just takes advantage of the whole thing, whether mm. it's social media, whether it's uh, t television or, or traditional media, they all take complete advantage of that. Mm, yeah, that seems like it's bleeding into every type of media now. So, um, all right, let's move on to the um, actual meat of the show. And as you know, we basically take the one story that has been making the most noise, the most headlines from our um, local uh, country and discuss it with the other hosts. So I'm going to start. And uh, I think the one I will choose is a derivative of the um, Weinstein scandal, which in France, everyone insists on calling it um, Weinstein. I'm not sure why uh, they call him Weinstein. The pronunciation is probably closer to the original, but Anyway, Weinstein. Um, so there's been a, a cascade of, I mean, the effect have been felt very strongly here as well. A lot of discussion and I think mostly uh, healthy and um, uh, well-intentioned discussions, a lot of accusations and being received the way they should be, which is uh, to be expected given the context. But We'll have to see if it holds up in the long run. But it, uh, close to that, there's another thing I wanted to mention because I think uh, that one is kind of to be expected. It's the issue of um, écriture inclusive, which is basically inclusive writing, which is very specific to uh, French and I'm sure other languages that have... Um, jarred? <laughs> How do you say that? Like feminine and masculine names. Um, and nouns and adjectives and everything. 
And so in the context of equality and inclusiveness, um, some people have been using for a while this style of writing, um, which has come to the forefront in the past few weeks, a little bit before the Weinstein scandal, um, which is um, a little bit hard to describe, but I'll do my best. Basically, if you say um, a doctor you'll have a masculine version of doctor and a masculine version of a. So you would say un for uh, a masculine uh, noun and une for feminine noun. And um, if you uh, want to be inclusive, and, and the thing is, if you talk about things in general, if you don't want to specify, then you default to the masculine. So basically in the French language, Everything when there's uh, men and uh, women defaults to um, masculine. The only case where it's only women, uh, I'm sorry, the only case where it's uh, feminine in the language is when you're talking about women only, right? So it sort of uh, uh, tilts the, the language into some things where you assume in subconsciously, or at least that's the uh, theory, you assume subconsciously that everything is is male kind of especially in uh areas that are male dominated like if you would say a doctor you implicitly in the language or not even a doctor uh well a doctor or doctors in general in the world you implicitly say male doctors and it's just a quirk of the language uh which wasn't always like that by the way but it's just a quirk of the language you don't specifically intend to say male languages but it's still something that sort of carries a kind of weight in uh the current context where we're trying to have a little bit more inclusiveness so some people said um maybe we should have a different way of writing things which would me be um include male and female pronouns and, and nouns in the sentence. So what they came to was a way of having, and again, in English, it's really hard to explain, but it would be, let's say you say, uh, you use he and she, you would put uh, she, the S of she in, uh, uh, you would put, let's say, S point he, which would include he and she. That's the best way I can explain it in English. And you apply this to maybe in a sentence, a third of the words of the sentence. So, of course, you have a lot of people who are for this um, because they think it's a more inclusive way of writing things. And a lot of people who are against it, um, who are being, you know, who, who say it's just it, it's unnatural in the French language. It, it's not easy to read. And of course, you have added to this a lot of people who start yelling about, um, you know, the, the, uh, progressive, uh, progressive net, progressiveness or feminism going too far. And uh, those kinds of discussions are also happening. Although I have to say, I'm, I'm proud of my country because it's not with the amount of, of outrage we're seeing on social media elsewhere. There's, you know, there's trolls and everything all the time in every kind of discussion like this, especially for something like this, but it stays relatively uh, relatively contained. So, um, yeah, that's one thing that was very French that happened in the past few weeks. I, I mean, in Swedish, they did this a long time ago, and, well, not a long time ago, maybe a couple of decades ago, and they have a, a pronoun which is neutral now that they're using a lot, but Swedes are very much in advance of everyone when it comes to equality. 
And uh, so, yeah, that's the story, I guess. I would ask uh, Wendy what she th thinks of this. She's, she's the only woman on the, on the yes, show. Yes, uh... the representation. Okay, so I want to say one thing about sort of outrage culture, as you, as you deemed it. Um, there's a thing that happens, right? You hear a story and it feels like you have skin in that game. So you're going to be outraged because they got facts wrong. They got some nuance wrong. They didn't understand your feeling, your experience, your tribe, right? So then you have this platform to just freak out on and you get a dopamine hit because you said something back. So if this were happening in a town square in real life and someone got up and said, I'm going to talk about women's issues and it was a dude, <laughs> um, you may still have all of those same feelings because he's getting it wrong And why in the world is he talking about it? And that's my people or my tribe. And But you would then have to walk up to the person's face and confront them face to face, which would require all sorts of parts of the brain that are not required when we just text, you know, a quick, angry reply. So there's a reason that sort of outrage is, has exponentially grown because we have access to instruments to express it really quickly without thinking it through or having any kind of real chance to hear another side or let someone explain themselves, et cetera. So saying that, um, it's, it explains why it's just so tempting and so easy to get bugged. So I'm going to give you an example and then I'll get into the women stuff is recently I, there's American week at the Lidl grocery store here and it is <laughs> horrible, <laughs> horrible. Like the food they had, they had chocolate pizza. Now, Justin, tell me how many times you've had a chocolate pizza, right? So uh, it's just yeah, not 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 often. I mean, like, wait, wait, was it a chocolate? Like, was it kind of like a cookie and then chocolate on top, or or was it like regular pizza with chocolate on top of it? A regular pizza, full size, covered in chocolate. Hella gross. Yeah, <laughs> and then they had brownie flavored milk, which. By the way, I bought I bought all of this because I had to see what it, and it was all disgusting. So I was like, this is funny. I took a picture of it, put it on social media and I got a thank goodness, a private response, which I can't really appreciate someone just going nuts on me because I had made a reference to diabetes. I said, I said, oh, this stuff isn't American. I rarely get offended, but I'm now offended because we don't eat chocolate brownies and chocolate pizza, whatever. And I'm just being obnoxious or funny. Yeah. And she writes to me and says, you know, I've had diabetes and uneducated people like you should not be blah, 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 blah. And what I'd said was, oh, wait, Americans selling something for a profit, even if it gives you diabetes. Oh, yeah, that is pretty American. So that was my joke. And I feel like I'm an American. I can make that joke. Right. So anyway, she sort of gets really upset at me and says, I don't know anything about diabetes and it really bugged her, et cetera. So I had a chance because it was private to write back to her and say, Hey, I am so sorry that I, that hit you the wrong way. That was not my intention. A, I was talking about diabetes type two, probably should specify. Um, and also I just watched a whole program on diabetes after I got your message. because I wanted to make sure I was not being stupid. that I actually understood <laughs> diabetes. I mean, <laughs> you no, know, well, let me just say this. This never happens to me. So I take them way more serious than you guys who probably get this crap all the time. Right. So let's, let me just finish what happens. Okay. So we have, I, I have a little dialogue with her and like, just like, I'm sorry that hurt your feelings. That was not my intention. Anyway, I hope you're okay. 
she writes back a couple days later, like tail between her legs kind of thing. And just said, I was having the worst day. I'm so sorry. I, it's just hard to live with this. And I was like, I know that sucks. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't actually know what it's like to be live with diabetes. And, you know, I'm sorry you're having a rough day just because that, and the reason I'm telling you this is I was talking about her tribe. I made a joke about diabetes and she probably, obviously, that got under her skin because that's an issue she faces and that's part of her thing. And I am an ignorant person making a comment. Now, she took it a little too serious because it's stupid family social media thing, you know. However, it's a, to me, it's a good illustration of we we can really set someone off when they perceive that their tribe is being affected. So, so this well, leads I'll, to my... Well, I'll tell you something. Okay, go ahead. Uh, before you continue, I have never... Uh, muted or banned anyone on Twitter ever. And I talk about, you know, divisive, explosive political stuff. I may have muted someone like for two hours or two days and then unmuted them. That's the extent of it. And the reason is when someone gets really angry, I talk to them and try to explain. Now, sometimes I get trolls that are just trolls and I end up not replying further than a couple of tweets. But usually, I would say 80% of the time, after a number of tweets, I, I put a lot of effort into this, and, and maybe I shouldn't, but after a number of tweets, we end up agreeing. And that blows my mind, because everyone else, you know, uh, Scott Johnson, and, you know, I'm sure many people go on about how, oh, if you someone says this, you mute them. And I I don't have time for this. I, I just ban them. I, I don't want to talk to them. And I'm sure that they, um, you know, that they get worse people than I do. I'm certain of it. But taking the time and talking to people, they change their opinion on me and I change my opinion on them and I learn something. So it goes to what you were saying. So I completely understand. Even though yeah. when it, I first heard about the reply, I was like, dude, F that. I wouldn't have... You know, <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, and that's that was that's the other part of outrage is here. I make some lighthearted, stupid joke about my own tribe. I can I can joke about the American diet because I'm from there. Right. Like that's my right to be obnoxious about something. At least I feel that way. Yeah. So then someone comes along and says, hey, you did something wrong. And that is you. We could line up 100 kids, tell them all they're doing something wrong. And I will tell you. That's going to impact them. That is a hard experience to be told you're wrong. So here we do this all day long. We write something. Someone criticizes. What we hear is, you're wrong. We get defensive. We have none of that interaction of eye contact, body posture, facial expression to decide if this person is evil or good or kind or and, mean and or what. That is one of the fuels, I think, of the you know Brexit, Trump, all of these like reactionary movements, which is, we can't joke about anything, you know, part of it. It's like, yeah. if you say something, you always find someone who says, ah, oh, you, you, you can't say this and you can, and it also plays into the, uh, you know, feminist thing and the, the inclusiveness. And like, at some point, I understand that some people go like, dude, I was just, you know, I was joking or, and sometimes there are jokes that aren't really jokes that should be addressed. But I mean, the, the whole thing gets conflated and anyway, right. And it's tricky. And so, so this leads to my, uh, I wanted to say that first, because I think the, the, the whole feminist question and the, the sort of railing that's happened in response to the, the hashtag me too is, 
is interesting because it's, um, I've had a couple of face-to-face conversations with very progressive Swedes, Swedish men, by the way, who are really interested in trying to understand why someone would wait 10 years to say they were harassed, um, trying to figure out why they didn't just say it then. Because in Swedish culture, more than probably any other place, there is a lot more voice for women here. But if you look at all of the hashtag Me Too's from all of the Swedish women, it's the, the problem is ubiqu- ubiquitous, of course. Um, so this ability to have a conversation with someone without outraging and without jumping to, um, you know, sort of being offended that we can't talk anymore is a real problem. Okay, so the news actually I was going to share is a slightly different, um, but it's related. So there is... You may have heard of this. There's lots of music festivals in Sweden, lots of comedy festivals, lots of festivals. And in the last couple of years, there have been um, a number of sexual assaults and, you know, ranging from lots of things up to rape at these um, events. And so this festival in Norrköping, Sweden, was last year. Um, about 23 people were sexually assaulted and at least four more of those were rape at the festival. So it's, you know, major bands. This is not just a small little thing. And, and this sort of keeps happening. Um, and so lots of people are, you know, of course, upset. And so a little um, Kickstarter was done and there is a plan to have a women's only festival to just, and, and the idea is like, until men can behave, you're not invited to this one festival. Anyway, so that's what, kind of one of the responses, I think it's interesting sort of this moment in time um, for women to sort of come forward and say what has been pretty scary to say in the past. Um, And I think for a lot of good men who don't engage in any of this, this must be pretty shocking. Or maybe it's not. I don't know. Maybe you've observed it and you're saying, oh, yeah, well, I I kind of do think that's happened. I think the way we were looking at it now, uh, at least that's what I'm hearing from friends, is like it's the good men, which are I would like to think the majority of the men are looking at this now and and saying and being much more forthcoming in the idea that this is disgusting and it should not, you know, be women should not be shamed into silence and like the the. The work of uh, they're usually not trusted or believed or, you know, all of those those things over the last few years and decades has worked. And now the reaction is, okay, sure, we shouldn't be witch hunting, maybe. But one thing, at some point, you, you know that something's wrong. And it's much more common than uh, before to accept that, yes, there is something wrong and it should be addressed. And the 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 victim is protected and and the perpetrator is denounced. Now, yeah. it's in the mis- middle of all of this scandal, but it's, so we'll have to see what happens afterwards when things have di- died down. But I think that's the difference I would, I would uh, point as being uh, quite clear among, um, you know, good men or society in general. Well, yeah, and I think there's a tipping point that we're looking at now that is, I, I mean, not so long ago, we elected a president of the United States who is on tape bragging about sexually harassing women. And 
how that did not stop him from getting elected, I don't know. But that it's very it's very telling. And if this Harvey Weinstein thing had happened in 2015, in the early 2016, would we still? I mean, I I, I do wonder that. I mean, we've we've had a shift. Um, this sort of awareness that's kind of exciting to see where it will go. I hope I hope it makes things better. Obviously, um, yeah. Um, well, I, yeah. Go ahead, you know, Justin. I think I think there is there is one, one thing I want to add to this is that I think there is a culture shift in uh kind of the the male dialogue of understanding and nobody likes the rapist nobody likes the sexual uh assault person right but you might like jim the guy you work with or you might like the people that you that make movies you like and and you might like these other people and now all of a sudden you have all these other kind of thoughts that compete with the idea that we can all agree Nobody should be made to feel uncomfortable or, or God forbid, you know, have something like rape happen to them. Uh, and what's happening now, I, I think, I hope, with a lot of just how pervasive these kind of Me Too stories are, is understanding, no, this is a far bigger thing and it's far closer to me than I might have perceived it before. And that's something that I'm sure... Many women are like, duh, but, uh, you know, I think that there is an element of ignorance and, and it, it, it's willful ignorance, uh, I think, without a doubt. But, uh, you know, hopefully if there's one kind of under the radar sort of culture shift that I hope does continue to happen is for, I mean, if we're going to, you know, guys that don't sexual assault is to understand that this is not a thing that happens far away behind glass. Like mm. it, it, yeah. it is in your backyard. And, I and, and there's the, Oh, sorry. Go, Can I just say ahead, one thing yeah, with yeah. that is, is there's this element that's kind of leads to my uh, original point, which is as a man sort of hearing this for the first time, I've talked to a couple, just really good guys, dads, fathers, very, very progressive Swedes who are like, yeah, but, Maybe it's a witch hunt, like that idea that maybe she's just trying to ruin his life or his career, like this suspicion about these accusations, not even the accusations, just the, me saying me too, that why now or what is this about? They, they don't get it. And I think one way to understand that instead of crucifying them, like you fool, you idiot, how do you not know what you do is you relegate them to a place of their other and they don't get it that is no way to help someone who's a good person understand. So it, and part of why they don't get it is if you think of who you relate to, he's going to relate to the guy who has a career he established. He's worked really hard and that he's putting himself in that guy's shoes and he'd never do that. But what if he was accused of that? So his empathy is going to go towards the thing he understands. He doesn't know what it's like to be a woman who has to, you know, have mace in her purse at all times, everywhere she goes. Like that is completely foreign in his brain. So how can he get in her shoes when it's so much easier to get into the guy's shoes? So we have to sort of approach it a little more educationally, gently, you know, it's when we scream someone down, we've just shut a door and opportunity. And I honestly, I think that's what sort of creates certain types of folks who just won't listen to anything because yeah. No one's ever sort of taken the time to teach them or help them understand or see the point. 
And, and I want to go uh, very soon to, to Franco and, and Turkey uh, on this specifically. But I, I do want to say that um, I, the, I think there, the, the, the courage and the quantity of these accusations has, you know, at the same time been made possible because we listen more and um, forced us to look at it in a more realistic way. Because it's, I, we were referencing this for something else a few um, Uh, uh, at last episode but if it's if it happens once or twice and people get half shamed into silence and then you're like it's easy to think well it's not real like it's so absurd for good people to think that this actually happens all the time all around them that it is really a hard psych and i'm talking as a man i think as i uh, many men have that thought process it's kind of hard to even believe that it is so common and, and impacts women's lives every single day, that kind of relationship. And the thing is, when the scandal is so big and it cascades into maybe, a, you know, something positive about social media, because everyone, people you know, people around you, people you follow, people you trust are given an opportunity to say, you know, when basically society looks around and says, is this real? And we look around and you have like a, a, a dozen, a hundred, a thousand faces looking back at you and going and, and nodding, you know, like, mm-hmm, yep, yep, it's actually real, yes. And you look around and you're like, your cousins and your moms and your friends and your, everyone is saying, yes, it's true. At that point, you have to be, if you're, you know, not ideologically opposed to uh i don't know reality <laughs> you have to think well there's something there and i think this is part of what's happening um in this uh uh instance i hope it's going to stick but um and okay. i do want to uh, point out i do want to point out very last thing we are going to be talking about this with multiple women very soon and not just about this so we'll we'll be doing an episode on this we're talking about this almost more from the point of view of men right now but uh it i understand that this is not the ideal situation all right sorry franco go ahead okay so i have a question and uh it's a very very innocent question and maybe stupid uh Before doing it, uh, I just have to say that I really don't think I have much more to add to what you all have said. Yeah, it makes sense, and it and I, and I completely agree. But uh, the question is related to the level and naming of of, of um, harassment and and uh, and and um, uh, and then this this uh, taking advantage of, of, of women. Because of course, if you ask someone in the street if he's Um, in favor or against Nazis, they're going to say, "Of course, I'm against Nazis." But if if, if you're uh, if you tell to ask to change the question to, "Okay, so do you approve if I don't know if you start with nationalism and, and etc.?" Maybe you can get a, a "I'm not sure" answer. So the naming of of the act or or the circumstances is is I think particularly tricky and important to I don't know if define or regulate. And, and, and okay, and with that, I'm going to to name the, the question or the anecdote. Two weeks ago, I was still here in Toulouse, having a good time in uh, riding my bicycle in the middle of the street in the center in, the, I don't know, in the night, 10 p.m. or something, going to some friend's uh, house. 
And passing through the center, I, I, I go through a street with, the, I think it's the main street. Um, a lot of people, a lot of tourists and people also having parties, whatever. And we pass through uh, a group of, I don't know, three or four girls. And of course, they were laughing and whatever. And, and while we passed, they, they touch, they, uh, I don't know, pat me in the, in the butt. And of course, for me, it's, it, it's nothing. But I, 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 I immediately started asking, so should I be ashamed of this? Should I be outraged? I mean, is this really important? Or, or, or is, uh, should I put a name to this? I, of course, I, I, I didn't feel bad. I just feel, felt confused about what should you name that? And if I would have been a girl, probably would have been a lot more serious and especially now would be would be yeah. seen and, and felt as okay this is really bad you should stop and call the police and get, get the person arrested or something or re at least report it and I'm, I'm figuring out that would be this this same episode is what in among other things happening in the in the, in the concerts in in sweden and uh, so i for me it's it's hard to to, to put and uh uh, category or, or, or say okay uh, mm. uh, this uh, uh, if after this or or uh, uh, above this level of 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 uh, of, um, of attack uh, it's considered a problem and I don't know yeah for me it's it's, it's so, really hard to to to, to classify a name yeah I'm sure Wendy will have something to say about this very quickly before she does we had a conversation about uh, anti-white racism with a few friends uh earlier maybe a couple of weeks ago and the the thing people have to understand at least that's the way i look at it there is no anti-white racism there might be instances of assholes being assholes sure but the the reason why racism is what it is is because it's systemic against a minority which is oppressed by or not oppressed but which is in some cases oppressed but to, against which uh Another group which has more power is uh, being unfair in the simplest terms. And a core component of this is the fact that it is a minority or that the, the power is being used against it. So in this case, for you, I would say, of course, if you do reverse the thing and you, you get a man to touch a woman's butt as she's passing through, yes, it's a problem. But I would say it could be considered a problem with a man but certainly not as big a problem that's the way i look at it like it's not not because of the minority thing i'm guessing because there's no minority in women and men yes there is of course there is it's not a minority <laughs> well, in, 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 in numbers sense, it's not a minority numbers. in numbers okay. but it's a minority in the sense it, of who holds it, it, the power power yeah it's, it's, a, it's a power differential thing. of course right. sorry wendy and please tell I us i was how just we gonna were. say you guys are good this is great how, okay. um <laughs> it's absolutely a power differential and and there there's some okay so you can have that same experience and have felt really threatened for whatever reason because of your own personal experiences and that could have been just as horrifying to you as anyone else and so it would be sexual harassment that is sexual harassment you were essentially seen as a piece of meat and you got slapped as you walked by and etc and so yes that's what it is now it didn't bother you Partly because maybe you don't have experiences that have victimized you before. And it doesn't matter what gender, but the, the, where the power of differential comes in is that so often for women, the majority of their interactions that are, have any of this component is there's fear in there. There's fear for safety. There's fear for my physical well-being. There's fear 
um, and, and, and real risk that I could be harmed um, or lose something. So, so you take, you know, it's so, I, maybe it happens, but it's got to be pretty rare that someone is sexually harassing their boss, right? Hmm. So gender aside, you're sexually harassing your boss. Your boss just fires you, right? Because they have the power. So well, it depends. Depends if, if he really has the power. I mean, power is not only the, the, the position in the company. You, yeah. can, you can have power over someone still being under. Uh, I think it's fair to say that usually the boss can <laughs> fire you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Okay. Right. So, the, so if you have the power, so that's what actually creates the minority status. It isn't numbers. It isn't, and that's why the sort of white racism thing is is completely false because this one individual may experience some kind of experience that makes them feel like a victim, and so then they say, "Oh, it's because I'm white," and here we go. Um, but there is no evidence that the white race has undergone any sort of discrimination ever. I mean, all standards of beauty are basically based on white people. All uh, conquering everyone has been basically white <laughs> for the most part in the last however many years, right? So so the power thing really is a factor. And so part of understanding, and I think for men in particular, getting into the shoes of someone who has been maltreated that way, you know, belittled, um, sort of reduced to they are just their body parts or how they look that day. All of that is, you know, it can be settled to incredibly, you know, mm. active in doing so. It's it comes down to that power difference. I um, there's I'm sure there are some people who are going to say, well, then in that case, how do you know? You know, if what you can do and what you can't do. And there's been a few excellent, uh, you know, tweets and and articles about this. Um, first of all, if you have to ask, then it's probably not right. Like <laughs> that's that's a very easy way of looking at it. And there was someone I'm very sorry I don't remember their name, but she established the the rock taste uh, test. Uh, basically, just think of that woman. You're not sure about whether or not you would be sexually harassing her or inconveniencing her uh, by saying this or doing that. Just think of them as the rock. You know, you're like, it's just Dwayne Johnson sitting there. And would you be saying that thing you're about to tell her if it was the rock? Very easy. <laughs> Very simple, you know. It just takes care of everything. And also, another one is um, my my wife pointed me to some of those. Uh, just don't do anything that you wouldn't want another man to be doing or saying to you in prison. Super easy, you know. That fixes all of it. I think it's pretty good. Um, Turkey does that play at all? I mean, obviously, in Saudi Arabia, women don't have a lot of rights. Um, do those, how are those, uh, scandals relayed, seen, talked about? Well, that's the, the, the difficulty about saying something about this, because I can give you my opinion, like from day until tomorrow, but when we're talking about Saudi Arabia, it's really a lot more different. First of all, these scandals are never public in Saudi Arabia. You never hear a scandal of sexual harassment scandal in Saudi because they, these are never published, they're never uh, distributed, and they're, they're, most of the time, the victims never even go ahead and uh, report them. Because you, we are in a culture in Saudi Arabia, for example, we are still, even though we have a decree that says after 10 months women are going to drive, people are still debating the right of women driving, whether they should or shouldn't, whether it's right or wrong. 
you're you're this is a culture where the woman is always the, to be blamed well not everybody believes this but the huge ma- majority of the population the woman is always to be blamed for being raped it's her fault that she was raped and and that's the majority standard here in saudi so trying to discuss this from a saudi perspective is a lot more difficult than uh, it sounds and uh, but i mean for in the case of those scandals like the weinstein <clears throat> thing and and that you know western the, worldwide most of, uh, most of, most of, most of saudis would just look at it in a you would have the minority who would look at it like westerners and would see okay that scandal that's uh, it's a problem it's it's happening shouldn't happen and the majority here would just look at yeah that's the corruption of the western culture mm. so yeah, they what think you expect yeah so they think yeah. they still think it's bad but they think uh you know western culture is corrupt and so systemically they have rapists well, and is that what you're saying yeah and 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 in, uh, in Saudi culture rape is always bad right, it's right. Uh, the, con- the it's and uh, har- harassing and molesting a woman is always bad all right but this is how they look at it it's bad and it should never happen and it's completely wrong and almost everybody uh, the mass majority would believe that but the mass majority also would believe yeah but that's why women should cover that's why women should not work with men they shouldn't tempt the man to do that the mm-hmm. man is wrong but the woman is the reason he did it mm-hmm. yeah makes so sense that's, that's, so that's, who is punished yeah. there how does that work if 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 a known rape occurs what happens uh, if a if, if a rape happens it uh, and if it's proven as rape Uh, the punishment of rape is uh, traditionally here is the death penalty for the, for the rapist yeah yeah for the rapist uh, for the woman unless they believe that she br- uh, brought it upon herself as for example she went out with him deliberately so that's not a complete rape so she's actually to be blamed because she went out with him she shouldn't have gone out with him in in those conditions the usually Uh, the woman might get a punishment, but it's not up to the death penalty. Uh, maybe uh, uh, some lashing or something. Maybe some jail time. If it's an no, absolute it's fine, rape, then. that yeah, uh, <laughs> no, it's not fine. No, of course. <laughs> and and if, if it's a rape that she did not initiate anything, like she was just not doing anything, and some guy comes up, kidnaps her, rapes her, or whatever. Then yeah, there's nothing. But the problem is, by law, yeah, nothing would happen to her. But by culture, she is has the stain on her for eternity. Because because in our culture, a lot of people, the majority of people, would think it's her fault. Doesn't matter how it happened. She must have done something to let this happen to her. And and that's the that's the problem. And it's it's a very huge problem here in this culture. And uh, There are improvements in Saudi culture. You see more people coming out against rape. We have more people coming out about women's rights and so on. But and this is where the the Western media really gets lost. They go and report some of these positive things, and then we have all of these views that this is exactly where Saudi is getting and heading to. But the fact is, most of these people you are talking about people who are highly educated Saudis who are mostly living in big cities and uh, who are very 
uh, English literate and they can talk internationally and with the media and so on. And these people, yeah, they are, it's true, these people are developing and they are improving to a new phase. But the majority of the Saudi population is still very uh, traditional uh, population. You don't meet them that much because you have to go outside. You have to go to specific parts of the cities. You have to go to the small towns. You have to go to a lot of areas to understand exactly how the Saudi culture is. But you have and, to and start somewhere, problem. right? You have to start somewhere. But this is exactly what's hap- what happened in the U.S., which is people said Trump would never win because there was strong support for uh, Hillary in everywhere, in, in, in the big cities, in the major metropolitan areas. Nobody even thought about Trump would be winning be- be- using all of these small towns. And that's what's here. You mm. have to go and approach these people. And that's where you have to start with. Because these educated people, they already know what's, what's right and what's wrong. They know that the, the, the women's rights, they know all of these, and they're evolving and they're developing already. But nobody's talking to these villagers, these small towns, these, uh, this culture, the, the majority of the Saudi culture, people and culture. Nobody's approaching them and telling them what, what it is and how it's done right now. And, and that's, that's, that's the danger, because if these people who are the influential people are keep on going and trying to impose their ideology on others without even trying to change that, to work with them, you you would just starting an explosion, a bomb ready to explode. And this is what happened in the U.S. Nobody went to talk to these people in the sub in the suburbs, in the small towns, and in the Midwest, and the yeah, in the Midwest. Yeah, nobody talked to them. Everybody ignored them. Well, because they just talking to the influentials, to the big people, the known people, the cultural people, and that's exactly what happened. And this is my worry in this in society. That mm. this is where we're heading. We have to start talking to these small people because these are the ones that this is how bad it could be. You're talking about a culture where a family member would know that his wife, his daughter, his sister was raped. He would actually go and kill her because of the shame that she brought upon them. All right. Um kind of hard to transition off of this but we're gonna try um let's just i i actually i want to ask uh uh franco how is more specifically the the weinstein scandal do you think um being received or these kinds of things in peru um rather than spain or france i'm curious about you know that part of latin america I'm curious too. <laughs> I, 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 would, I, I wouldn't know how, uh, how it is getting received. Um, as a general thing, I would say it's, uh, of course, in, in uh, Latin America, everything is, I wouldn't say more delayed, but uh, more, um, uh, more um, uh, classic is not, it's not the word, but uh, I don't know, uh, conserve. Uh, Con- conservative yeah there's more conservative yeah there's a, it's it's a lot more conservative so the attitude everything. the attitude towards rape is blame the victim well no the, 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 no 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 the attitude uh, against rape is of course we're not that conservative <laughs> <laughs> let's say no no of course raping i mean every, everything that's that's uh, related to raping and and and, and uh, 
and at that extreme is condemned and uh, punished by law and, and by society. Okay. No, by right, default. of course, but maybe <laughs> maybe sexual harassment and these kinds of That's things. Sexual harassment or more, even more discrimination against women. Uh, it's it's uh, it's yeah, and that's in that sense. There's a lot. There's a lot. Uh, there's a lot to do. Uh, of course, um, one one idea I had. I, I remember. Uh, I just remembered when I, when I first arrived in. Uh, maybe, I don't know if that really that really paints a little bit of a picture. Although it's not really discrimination, but it's just uh, represents what what how 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 society sees women. When I first arrived to Madrid, uh, I don't know seven years ago, I I was shocked by. The amount of, it's it's going to sound weird, but the amount of women that drive. Really, I don't know. I, I, I saw in this. It's not as if, as if women do not drive in, in in Lima, of course, but there's a lot more drivers that are women. Hmm. Interesting. That's yeah. That's where you know, he says something about the uh, to, makeup yeah, to, of know, society. But that, yeah, for example, of course, you don't have um, women that are taxi drivers. But it's uh, it's uncommon in, in general. But in Lima, I have never seen one, and or bus drivers, or mm, I don't know. There's a lot of jobs that do not are not ma- are not uh, made by by women at all. Mm. That uh, industry or um, uh, plants and and so forth. It's it's agri- well, agriculture, yes, but uh, industry or yeah, processing plants. That's it's really hard to find women working there. That's funny. That's something that's that struck me when I arrived in Finland a couple of years ago, and I saw my fir- the first um, construction worker that was a woman. I I might have told uh, the audience about this a couple of times on the show, but yeah, that was surprising to me. Like a construction worker, she, you know, there were a couple of them um, in the building, and I was like, you know, I did a double take. I was like, oh wait, what? And um, there are like baggage handlers in the uh, airport that are women and. It's yeah. Nordic countries are much more advanced. And in Sweden, you cannot find a male dentist if you tried. They don't exist. They're all really? women. Mm-hmm. And, and, all of them. It's it's uh, at least in, in in Peru, it's seen or or, or uh, hidden as as a way of protecting women, uh, saying they should they shouldn't be doing man's work because it's hard, or they they shouldn't be doing this. I mean, it's not. It's not as if okay, women hate women, and and that's why we 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 try not to give give them opportunities. And so the debate, of course, is is, is still there. Um, but uh, it's. I think it's more. Yeah, in the in the sense of um um uh, yeah, in the, in the traditional sense of, of we need to protect women from things that yeah. are made for men, or at least that's the. <laughs> ar- I would say that's the argument that is that yeah. is uh, often. There would said, be okay. there would be an entire conversation to be had there as well, I'm sure. But um, all right, let's. I know that uh, Wendy and and uh, Justin have to leave in not too too long, but uh, of course, I would like. We haven't heard a lot from Justin. Um, is there another <laughs> story from the U.S. that you would like to uh, tell us about that's been making the news? Yeah, they got strawberry Oreos now. Ooh, really? <laughs> See. <laughs> It's this kind of thing that just causes so much trouble for us Americans overseas. <laughs> man, it's like an Oreo, but like uh, you know, they like strawberries, like the fruit. Man, it's just they're in one. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it's insane. Wow, going on. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, d- d- to be honest, really, uh, uh, the, the the biggest thing out here right now is not only the Weinstein thing, but really how much it's cascaded 
to almost every part of every industry. You know, today there were uh, reports that Mark Halperin, who wrote uh, the Game Change book, um, and is a uh, you know a, a, a political director for MSNBC, used to work for ABC, uh, and is one of the foremost you know gatherers of political information. Uh, is a serial sexual abuser and has been put on leave by MSNBC. And what's fascinating to me as somebody who came out of the journalism world is that a trend that has been around since the internet, but really now has almost completely reached the event horizon is the flattening out of (laughs) politics, meaning that, uh, you know, there, there used to be the onus on somebody to call a reporter or for somebody to get word to a reporter to come talk to somebody. And then the reporter decided along with their editor, is this news? Should we report on it? And then that goes through whatever decision matrix that needs to go through. The reporting is done. You make sure that you do did the best job that you possibly could. And then on deadline, you put out what you need to put out. What's happened with this me too thing. And I can't remember the last time that it happened at this scale with this velocity. Uh, j- just to explain, the, we, you've referenced it a few times, you and Wendy. The Me Too is a hashtag where women would say, I was also a victim yeah. of sexual harassment. Right. Or, Good call. Yeah. 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 So uh, this, is, this has become uh, a thing on all social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, where uh, women are going out of their way to explain, you know, at its most mild, just unnamed times in which they have dealt with sexual harassment, if not worse. And by and large, a lot of times it's the worse, right? Uh, and at its most, uh, you know, ag- aggressive are, are naming of names. And so now what you're seeing is somebody says, Hey, this person sexually assaulted me and they're a predator. And that's the, and that's the story. And, if you know what, what, what you're seeing is, is, is uh, a, a very interesting reaction of like, okay, so when do we report this? If you are a news outlet, because it's out there, it's news, it's being made, it's being talked about. Uh, obviously, there are still libel laws that you need to uh, uh, adhere to if you've got an apparatus like a news organization does. But if there's six women, uh, uh, all saying the same thing and all of it sounds almost exactly like each other and they don't know each other and they've never worked with each other before, then is that a news story, right? And, and many times what's happening is the, you know, these reports will start being reported on, which means calling the boss and calling the, the person who's being accused of this and they're resigning before the news story comes out, right? Because they know what they did and then there's no need to hide it and man it's it is a you know if if you are to take the and and again the very important social element of this aside for a second and just look at it as how we are sorting this information it is unlike anything i've ever seen in 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 journalism and it's 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 a, a a remarkable moment in time because i think what we are going to see going forward will be built on situations like this where when everybody has an ability to say exactly what they want, then 
the, 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 the power structure of who gets to say stuff has completely gone away uh, uh, from the quote unquote sort of, you know, uh, media gatekeepers. I think there's a, a discussion to be had about the witch hunting element of this, which I think is a theoretical danger. I'm not sure we're seeing a lot of this happening right now uh, in actuality. Uh, but I do, because we're talking about the U.S., it's easy to joke about this, but I do want to ask you, uh, Justin, has there yeah. been, a, you know, you always have people opposed on everything like it seems even the most baffling things uh in the u.s you manage to have people who are angry about something that appears common sense to uh the rest of the world do you have that same division happening in the u.s about all of this or is it strangely going uh you know everyone is agreeing Uh, I don't know if everybody is agreeing. I think that right now there is such carnage that everybody is able to find a thing that they hate and cheer because it is being torn down. Um, that's, that's what I'm seeing. I mean, I read a lot from different angles for, for the politics show and the, the, the far Trump right gleefully Every day, there is a new list of actresses that have come forward to accuse Harvey Weinstein or other people in Hollywood because they hate Hollywood, right? Or right, right. media figures that have, uh, you know, been been taken down a peg because they hate the mainstream media. And meanwhile, you know, the far, you know, uh, uh, the feminists, like hardcore feminist left is, you know, this is the, the, the biggest blow to the patriarchy that, you know, we have seen in, in our modern era. Right. So uh, right now, I think everybody is uh, just kind of uh, either gawking at the fireworks or very excited about what is happening or is, you know, just in a lot of ways. I think everybody's just kind of grabbing for the railing and just kind of wondering, you know, like when when does this earthquake stop and and what world were we living in and what world are we going to be living in in two months it's interesting that i guess uh everyone's finding unity in hating someone finding someone to hate is finally giving the u.s uh a, a time of a little bit of quietness in the left-right division that i i think it's uh it's an interesting one it's uh, it's pretty wild yeah sounds like it um All right. Uh, do we address the... I, I want to ask Wendy, before we move on, I'm sorry, but I do want to ask you about the the witch hunt thing. Is it something that is inappropriate to discuss now? Or is it something that you have a solution for? Or, you know, if anyone, as Justin was saying, anyone can report something on social media and it can become a news story. And by the time it is a news story it kind of will remain reality for at least some people. You can never take it away. Um, how do we, how do we deal with that? Or do we even have to at this point? Or is it, you know, not, not the time or, you know, I don't even know how to ask the question. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a really good one. And, and I think, uh, the whole witch hunt, um, concept is, one way that these conversations have been shut down in the past. So someone goes to a higher up and says, Hey, this happened to me. 
and it's part of the dismissal of these things. Um, so it's it's a little touchy, right? That it's just one way to say no, you can't take down Harvey Weinstein because you know you're you're out to get him. Um, a thirty year long predatory history of this dude. Yeah, I think it's but time people for- go out to get him. I think for Weinstein, it's really established at this point. Uh, I, what some people might say is, well, anyone can now go on Facebook and write a, you know, a thousand word post and say, I was sexually harassed. And I'm sure it will happen at some point that someone yeah. will make up a story, right? So how do we deal with that possibility? Right. So, so let's say 10 people make up a story and 10 million say me too. I think we, we have a tendency to worry about this thing when the power differential is still there. Um, mm. Okay. Let's say it was a witch. Let, let's take the McCarthy era and sort of the red scare. It had more to do with what you were perceived to believe. And there's lots of ways to, essentially witch hunt someone because you think of what witch hunt means it's oh we're going to throw you in the lake if you drown that means you were innocent if you float you're a witch so you lose no matter what you do that's the, the core of what a witch hunt is this isn't a witch hunt one person sending a post that's saying this guy harassed me you know like a neighbor or something that will be judged and figured out amongst those people in that sphere i think the bigger picture ones are obviously, you know, the law will come into place. You know, there's enough sort of impetus for it to go forward and be investigated. There was the example of um, an actress, and I'm forgetting her name, was taking a picture with uh, old President Bush, you know, the old one. <laughs> and yeah, 40, uh, 41, uh, I think it was Heather Lind. Uh, yeah, Lind or something. And he, he, he groped her. He told her a dirty joke. He was just nasty old man to her and she told her this the people that were with her and the, her friends on the show and everyone was very supportive but what did they do what do they what can you do back uh, two weeks ago whenever this happened a month ago there was nothing for her to do at that point but now she can say you know what old man bush you know sexually harassed me and he did and we have pictures of the event where he did yeah. this and i this, mean it's become- crazy this has become this is probably the the most American story. This has become a very, very fascinating story because uh, the uh, press office for Bush 41 HW has come out and said. And so apparently what what this was a thing that happened is he uh, and as it was uh, alleged by uh, not only uh, the, the actress Lynn, but also a few other people that uh, he would put his hand on their butt and say that his favorite magician was David Cop a that was the dirty. <laughs> uh, oh, no. Oh, no. The press office for HW for 41 uh, says he has had, you know, he's been in a wheelchair for five years. He's not able to lift his arm. Uh, and so if he is to put his arm around anybody, it is going to be the butt. And that that is something that uh, uh, he does to diffuse the tension, hoping that people will get a kick out of it. And he now realizes that is not the case. But, uh, you know, that's not an excuse. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how many times he told, uh, he, he explained who his favorite magician was to men in pictures. <laughs> Probably not very many. But, uh, yeah. you know, 
it's it, it just is is a, uh, a a a fascinating place. You know that you know the the question that I really have is how high do the flames reach, right? Mm. And and that's a question that we do not know yet, and we are finding well, out more I and mean, more. If we if we know about Trump having boasted about these things, so. Mm-hmm. Trump is kind of a unicorn. Just, Nothing applies to let, him. So. Let me let me, let me <laughs> take, take, uh, just one one little bit about the the the, the Trump thing because absolutely the the Access Hollywood tape was one of the most remarkable things that I have ever seen in, in my like of uh, 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 fascination with American politics. I thought that there was absolutely zero chance that anybody can recover from audio tape of you in your own words saying something like that. But we have willfully ignored horrifying things about presidential candidates that we have both liked and, and not liked for, for decades. I mean, uh, uh, Bill Clinton had a, a rape allegation uh, against him when he was running both for governor of Arkansas and president of the, of the United States twice, you know, and, and that's something that we can believe her or not. But that's something that's on the record. She's on the record with that, you know. Uh, uh, and that's and and I don't know if that happens in the same way if if uh, a candidate runs uh, with that kind of allegation in 2017 in the way that uh, we have in the past. So as much as Trump is, listen, he is obviously forefront in everybody's mind, but he is not an isolated incident. I think I think yeah no I agree, but I do think that one voice whose you know credibility you can't determine doesn't equate many voices and audio tapes of boasting well, I mean, about, but, you know, it's that, not, it's, it's kind of a false equivalency. A I feel. Of, of women who have alleged sexual assault too, you know, there's just one, there's one rape that is on the record, but uh, there are, there are plenty there too. And, and again, I think if there's one thing that we hopefully have learned from this me too thing is that this is not a pissing contest. And, and if we, are are you know uh, we, we should not be like well he's more of a sexual assaulter and he's less of a sexual assaulter or this rape no but that's li- not that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying in the case of weinstein when you have 30 actresses who oh God, claim yeah. you know that that has happened at some point you have to say well you know it's pr- more probable than not Right. Uh, but if you have one voice of someone saying i was sexually assaulted or you know i was raped by that by that person it's more difficult to make your final judgment about that person with just one uh, clue, you know, one one element in the balance. That's and it feels like, well, I mean, that's a problem we're always going to debate. But um, it, can I share a little a, a quick thought on of that? Of course. Um, so there's some interesting research about sexual harassment in the Middle East. I don't know about Saudi Arabia specifically, but Egypt and um Israel and Palestine, let me put both of those in there, and what was the other place? Jordan, I think, but Egypt in particular. And what they have found, and this goes against what we would assume, the ones doing the majority of the sexual harassment are educated men. And you think, what? Why in the world? So what you're saying is Trump definitely did not sexually harass anyone. Yeah, because he's uneducated. No, Right, that was the joke. Sorry. You ask yourself, well, okay, that doesn't make any sense. But here's when you when you look at the scenario that... Maybe they were the ones who get caught, right? Because the other ones, it's harder to get. 
because they were I don't know, they're in towns, <laughs> they're away, away from the city. I don't know. Yeah. Possible, but part of why they know it was happening is there is they are underemployed. They're educated and underemployed. They're underutilized in the society. They they aren't they aren't getting what they quote unquote feel like they deserve by being educated men. And so that's one of the the postulates is that there is this I. I deserve this. I get this. I have every right to this. So back to this power differential thing. So, so many of the, the men we're seeing who are being taken down by this are all in positions of incredible power and influence. So they make or break your career. They, I mean, what is, what is Trump's response to the accusations of those 11 women who have accused him of har- harassment is they're all liars. This is a witch hunt. All the stuff we've always heard and it's if I can sort of get the victim to not be, seem believable, then I'm OK. And that has worked for a long time for a lot of people. And suddenly the floodgates have opened. It doesn't work when there's this many. I mean, this is the power of obviously social media. Um, but again, think about that power differential. Do they think they own or are owed or it's part of their job, part of the perks of being the powerful per- people they are? Well, I think so. I think it's connected. Mm. Ooh, babies. <laughs> I think that it's sadly it's it's the exposure that gets. I, I, I think it's actually it could be that that because they're important people, they get caught, or at least it's easier to identify them. It, there is, I'm sure, a lot of people that or these incidents happen without ever, no one no one knowing, and there there must be for every case that we know or we find out, there must be a lot that do not get the coverage or the. Or the importance because there are no there are no celebrities involved, and that, that, that I think that that's also sad. And I think that's what we were saying earlier. Um, the Me Too campaign and social media in general. We started with accusing them of things, and now I think there's also a good side to it. What we were saying earlier, we're seeing that it's all around us. That it's everyone. It's not just the actress that has to deal with the producer or the director or whatever, or the, the president and some, you know, the, the aspiring president and some woman who was in her, in his uh, uh, office, uh, in his team. It's what we're seeing, as I was saying, we're, we're asking, is this really true? Does it happen to everyone? And, you know, 80% of the women we talk to, 90%, 100% of the women we, we hear back from, they say yes. It is everywhere. So anyway, um, all right. I think, do you guys have to have to leave Justin and Wendy or uh, not? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I probably got to get out of here. Yeah. Yeah, I do. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, so thank you very much for being here. It was a, uh, a very uh, Weinstein centric uh, segment. We're going to talk about other things in a minute. Um, thank you so much for being here. Uh, why don't you tell people very quickly where they can find you? Start with Jury. Oh, you can find me uh, streaming at twitch.tv slash Justin R. Young. And uh, uh, man, just go ahead on into your uh, your podcast, uh, Catcher of Choice, and type my name, Justin Robert Young, and you'll find a bunch of podcasts about a bunch of different things that uh, you can go ahead and check out. But I-, I would say probably the two things that are most of interest to this show is... Uh, one, uh, Politics, Politics, Politics. Uh, that is a show I do by myself about politics. And uh, then the new show that I do with Wendy's brother, Scott, uh, Unfriend Me, uh, which is all about very, very explosive uh, uh, topics that oftentimes 
uh, ruin friendships both on and offline and, and strain family relationships uh, that we try to take uh, a bit of a deep dive on the history and the uh, things at play and some of the science behind it and then take live calls, which is both the smartest and dumbest thing that I did both of us <laughs> ever done. Uh, so go ahead and check it out. Unfriend me. I really enjoy the show. I think it's it's super interesting. Um, I will say one thing to Scott through you, uh, Justin, before you leave, um, okay. about that that fateful uh, healthcare episode, which yes. I would have many things to say about all of your shows, but I'll let it go because I don't want to bother you every time. Uh, <laughs> no, right about, in, no, right in. <laughs> about that one. Um, when, you know, I wrote back, I wrote an email and you addressed it and Scott on the show said, uh, something to the, to the, uh, you know, roughly like, oh yeah, but you know, we understand that you think that and this, how it works in healthcare in other countries, but in, in the U S if you say this, people will think, oh, you're this international person trying to tell us how to do things. And I understand that that's the sentiment, but the frustrating element of this is that you're basically, you have people arguing back and forth will a bicycle allow us to get to work faster and they're saying yes maybe but no but yes i don't know we don't know you know we have to we yes it does and you have a bunch of other people looking from the outside seeing saying guys we've tried the bicycle it works it makes you go faster it's pretty safe it does work and and the response is ah oh, we don't want to hear from you from you And that is incredibly frustrating for the people on the outside looking at the debate and, and hearing this, you know, uh, not only can't we decide because we haven't tried it, but also when other people who have tried it tell us it does work, we don't want to hear from them. So that was, you know, a, a difficult moment for me. But anyway. <laughs> that, that was I, hilarious. Patrick's like, tell us where we can find you online. <laughs> yes, and, and I made it disappears. about myself. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Unfriend That's Me great. is an excellent show. I encourage everyone to go listen to it. Yeah, yeah and, and, and the episode that Patrick's talking about was about healthcare where we did not, we, we made the conscious decision to not talk about healthcare beyond America. We, we decided to try to, to draw a circle in a, a show that's only an hour long just for clarity of focus on American pushes toward universal healthcare and what, is, what it has actually sought to do and what has gotten pushed through and the solutions that we've tried to do. Uh, uh, so that was uh, definitely frustrating, man. I'll tell you what, man. Uh, uh, I, I do know this people from not America do like to, uh, uh, fantasy book America. Like <laughs> there is a lot of opinions <laughs> about what we should be doing in, in America. And I have, I have, uh, seen it on a certain level, but never more than with this show. We get emails from around the world explaining, uh, how everything is, uh, is, is screwed up and how we should fix it. And, Uh, I'm not I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm saying there's a lot of opinions, man. <laughs> you know what it is? America is our big brother, and it has been for about 100 years. And there's a lot of love for American culture. It is essentially our second home for many of us. It, whether we like to admit it or not, music, movies, uh, internet, everything comes from America. So I think we're involved by default. So maybe that's why we care so much. It's care. Justin, it's care. It's not. We, uh, we don't oh, want to tell Justin, you what to do. It's just we everybody. Care. Everybody usually ends the emails nice. You know, it's always <laughs> the it's always the middle of them. One of them didn't. It's just one 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 of them got really really angry. But uh, that was fine. Uh, they actually emailed again later to apologize. So uh, it okay. was cool. Anyway, unfriendly. All go right. check it out. 
unfriend me. And Wendy, uh, apparently she can't speak anymore on Skype, something weird, uh, but she has to leave too. So thank you so much for being on Wendy. I will put the link to her to her Instagram on uh, the show notes and also uh, Therapy Thursday and on TMS. She's is, She is there. It's Scott Johnson's show. TMS is a great uh, daily uh, daily show that you can go check out as well. So thank you for being on, Wendy. Um, all right. Let's finish the show with a couple of things. Uh, first of all, the Catalonia thing. Um, so <laughs> the Catalonia thing. <laughs> Catalonia, yeah. You had, uh, well, there was a referendum there for independence, which I have very mixed uh, opinions about. But can you tell us a little bit about this and how it went? Yes. And uh, as, as, as always, I'm going to do a very small disclaimer because I, I, I'm pretty sure that if there's at least one Spanish per person here in this podcast, he will be outraged that I, I, it's me that it's uh, explaining the Catalan problem or situation. But on the other and, hand, and I was by thinking, the way, sorry, uh, again, to interrupt, I looked for people who could explain this uh, and people who knew. I found a few people that in the end couldn't. So it's not like, you know, yes, I wanted to, but it didn't work out. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I understand. No, and and, and, it, and it's good if if someone gets enough outraged about, the, about me saying things, he'll be in the show or she. So yes. it's good. <laughs> and, we, and, and, and we'll we'll be able to make a proper show about Catalonia. Uh, Catalonia. Okay. Um so uh I'm yeah, I guess I'll 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 I'll, I'll explain of course again my, my my side of view and it it really it really is, it, it starts um not the problem, not the situation and the problem, but my experience starts when I arrived uh, in Madrid, which was in the middle of the Spanish uh, economic crisis. Uh, well, world economic crisis, but in Spain it, it was spe specifically uh, strong. Um, and um, of course, uh, the, Spain's regions are especially, mm, especially autonomous, I would say, uh, compared with other regions in, in other countries, not to all of, of, of other countries, but it, it's, it's, uh, in that sense, it's really federal. Uh, Spain, in the sense that regions have a lot of, a lot of liberty to do things, not, uh, for example, compared to France. Um, and, uh, and it's, it's, it was made that way because there's a, there's, there's a really strong sentiments in, 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 in some, I would say, regions in, in Spain. Um, uh, well, I'm not sure if nationalist is, is a way to tell it, to, to, to describe it, but uh, there's regions that have a really strong identity. There's two specifically, the Catalans and, and the Basque, um, but there's others. Uh, there's uh, the Gal from people from Galicia, and uh, well, there's other regions, of course, that are proud, but specifically ca the Catalan and, and the Basque. And they, these two regions have... Have already since uh, many years ago uh, a lot more uh, let's say liberties than other regions in the sense that well, for example in 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 how they can spend uh, their taxes they have more say on what what do they spend them on uh, they have the right for example to to teach and to use their their, their languages in, in in everyday life and and and, and uh, as an official language in the region. Um, and, and so in this context, um, uh, of course, there's, and, and even though they have this, this a little more liberty than normal, let's say, 
there's always been this um, um, discussion or fight uh, from um, between Madrid, the, the, the capital, and and, the, and and these regions about about how much liberty they should have and how much should they be allowed to do by their own. And I think that it's a debate that is not only it's not only done in Spain. There's many countries. For example, Belgium is one, and, and I would say. United States probably another one where where there's a lot of tension between the, the central government and the, and the the states or the regions. Uh, and right, but in, in, in the US this, they have they have state government and federal government, so it's a is there isn't like state level government in Catalonia. Uh, well, they, they they do have a government in in, in Catalonia. I'm not sure about the language. But they, they they do collect taxes and then they they, they do spend right. part of their taxes in in themselves. Mm. It, of course, it's not the same as the United it's, States. Yeah, it's not as ex- yeah, right, right. Explicit so, about it, maybe. Right. Um, so they they do a referendum and they want to decide. And and the the big thing was it was a referendum that was basically illegal and that didn't have any legal value. And the the bigger exactly. So, so the thing is, uh, the legality is not uh, under dispute. I would say, I, I, no, it's it's not. The constitution bans regions from declaring independence by themselves. Uh, the, uh, the constitution says that in order for, for for this to happen, all of the country needs to vote, and there needs to be, uh, uh, or no, you need to change the constitution. Sorry, and for that, you need to, to the whole country to to do a referendum. Which yeah, is that's like the 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 EULA you have to to agree to when you launch a game or or start using a piece of software it's like they they <laughs> want to protect themselves so they're like yes yeah, sure you might you, you can't vote on anything unless everyone agrees well, which yes but in this case it's well it was not a written document that the catalans didn't know i mean they 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 were part of the of, of making this constitution right. i mean when 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 spain uh, get out in the in the 80s so um um so um, the thing is, um, sorry, it is, yeah. Uh, and so, um, uh, yeah, the thing is, it, the legality is not under dispute. Uh, the, the thing is, and, and, and so for, and so that's what, that's one, basically one of the sides, the, 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 the government side, and most of the, the countries, the, the, apart from Catalan, Catalonia, uh, it's, it's okay. You, you can, you cannot do this. Uh, it's, it's not part of the, of the law. If you want to, we can change the constitution, but that, that, that's a completely a, 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 another discussion. Um, and and so many for many years they have been negotiating. So they, they, it's these these declarations of independence happen from time to time, or not not declarations, but these these tensions, and they would get resolved by negotiating more liberties and so forth. In this case, the government didn't want to negotiate anything more. So in that, in that sense, it did. You could argue it did, they they didn't help in in solving the crisis. So, but they not. They, it's not as if they encouraged them to 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 declare independence. So they did they, they did the referendum. Half less than half of the people voted in the referendum, and of course the ones that voted obviously were the ones that want, wanted to 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 be independent. So it got I don't know ninety something percent uh, yes for the independence. Of course, but of course you have only forty percent that people that vote. It's it's not really. Representative I mean, it's the one who wanted to 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 leave who voted. So of course, and and the thing I've heard is that the referendum not only you know it wasn't really it didn't have any legal value, but also it was kind of a weak uh, like even within the country within the region Catalonia, um, it was kind of a yeah sure whatever do what you want, but 
we're not sure it's the best idea. And when inexplicably from the outside, the uh, Spanish government went in and uh, sent police to brutalize the people who were voting and close down the, the, the polling booths and, and the voting stations and all of this, it was kind of really difficult to understand why the Spanish government would even do that because there, there was nothing to gain. You know, it was like the only thing that, would, that, could, that could come out of all of this would be for the, the public opinion within the country and without to, to be uh, that the Spanish government has lost its mind. You know, that they're... Oof. That's what... Yes, uh, but, uh, um... So, so I mean, that's what I want to ask. Why did they do yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I, I, and 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 just another disclaimer. I'm not in the part of the government. I really, I'm not sure about. Uh, I, I mean, I do, I do think that it shouldn't be done because it's illegal. But uh, apart from that, which is a really, but what really are, big but, do you have uh, an it, insight into the what tensions or what you know, having lived in Spain for so long? Do you think it's something that the Spanish gov- the, the Spanish population outside of Catalonia would think? Yes, of course, we should go and send the police and the army and and take people out of the like. The, does this feel justified? Yeah, do you they, think they for would, the they Spanish? Would, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't support the. They wouldn't support the violence, but the police going. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's it's a really it's it's as if some region is doing something. Another region. It's like a, a group of people somewhere in the country is doing something illegal. Shouldn't the police intervene? I mean, at least for me, it's it's common sense that the 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 the. the, the, the one responsibility of the of any government is 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 to um, is to provide peace and and, 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 and I don't know it's again it's not violence but in the sense that you, sh- you shouldn't allow things that are illegal and and, and, and uh, people declaring independence and and, and 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 voting for their independence and trying to to secede it's I think that but was know, it and, that and, and was it going that the people from outside say okay the violence it's a it's it, it's a it's a, it's a it's a, it, the the government suppressing the people i mean the violence yes it's 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 really a shame that the the the, the, the government had 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 turned into into violence to to uh to stop the the voting but stopping the voting is what they should have done it's it, okay it's, i don't know it, 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 i mean it's I, I, I don't see how other option. What, what well, could they do? I mean, they, the other option would have been to let, let, them, let them vote, and then yeah, these Catalans they will vote, and then nothing will happen. It, it, if you if you follow news <laughs> related to Catalonia, you'll know that it's not that they just voting because they want to vote. They, they do really want independence, and and, and um, unless the government does something, they will go. I mean, it's it's not uh, it's not just a, a vague thread. A threat uh, uh, because I, they want more, more, more power. That's that, that too, man. But, but, yeah, it, it, it is. You think, it is so. You think the, you think the referendum would have held political weight, uh, and that's why the government had no choice but to stop it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I imagine that the referendum would have would have, would have come, and and the yes would have won, and then the government would have said, no, no, it's illegal. It doesn't count. No, I mean, because, it, I mean, like, the image until the it's illegal or not, mm. right? It's no. If you say no, then it's okay. But if you say yes, then no, we're going to stop you. Of mm. course, they, they need to stop it before it, it, they know the result, because they do. It's they they cannot do a vote when there's there's no possibility to implement the result. Right, right. I I think the way we were looking at it from France was 
the the referendum didn't really matter because everyone understood that it would be only people who are for it who would go vote and you know who are for secession who would go vote so it would be really difficult for the catalonian separate separatist parties to use this as a credible way of justifying anything right that that's the way we looked at it but i don't yeah. know if that's how it actually imagine this they have declared independence i mean independence has been in the has been declared even though less than half the population voted i mean if imagine what would have happened if they would have gotten the, the legality or the, the the support from from the government i mean well that's the thing without the situation the the thing is it seems to me that the result of the police violence was that a lot of people were sympathetic to the Catalonians because of, you know, they, they felt they shouldn't be treated that way when it wouldn't have been as easy to declare independence otherwise. Um, but what you're saying is they would have anyway, and it would have gone through and they would have had more, a more justifiable, uh, yeah. Definitely, they would have they, they would have, they would have declared independence. Definitely, if they if the vote would have would have had uh, the normal course, yes. And, right. and 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 the thing is, yeah. And there's a whole another debate which I have had and I have I have had many times with other friends from Spain about if it makes if even though it's illegal, they should get the chance to to vote, but not like this. I mean. It, It it, sh it should be as part of a negotiation with the government, and it should be made correct. It's not. I'm again. Well, yeah, it, but the government is it, never gonna it, it, is never gonna agree to okay. making it correctly, and and I think another another thing is also. It it could be it could be done. I mean, it's not impossible. In in, in Britain, for example, they were allowed the the, the Scottish were allowed to vote, and. Again, of course, this government will not let them. Maybe some government sometime will let them. We don't mm. know. If you do it illegally, then you're really going against the system. And you should you expect the system to, to respond. It, it kind of uh, occurs to me that another aspect of these, the, these very forceful uh, interruptions of the voting is also a message sent to the future. Basically, uh, the Spanish government is saying don't even try it again because people will know what this would incur and it 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 basically sends the message that um Spain is not fucking around basically um they will you know, shut it down there, there's another another question I, i do think yeah but I, before that i, I do think that Yeah, the Catalans have done, and, and, and again, I, I, it's not that I'm against them, but they've done a, a really good PR, um, uh, PR campaign through Europe, trying to convince the rest of the countries in Europe about how they are, in a sense, victims of the Spanish state. Mm. And, it, and I'm, I'm, I, I do respect their, their position, but I do not think they're victims in this sense. I, I I, I, everyone has the right to 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 think about the, the, their 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 region about uh, uh, the way they do, but they they're not victims in this situation. Yes, the police violence was uh, something to blame, but there's there has been many things. I mean, the police violence is just one among many things that have happened have have happened all around uh, um, all along these years, and it it shouldn't be the this, the the only image that the that the world or Europe has about the relationship between Spain and Catalonia. It's 
Well, when you're seeing what you're what we saw, when we when you're seeing what we saw during those things and and the police violence and with social media and everyone, and it was not it wasn't just one; it was dozens. It's really hard to see anything else at that point, which is why I'm, I'm saying it was badly played by the Spanish government. But I guess when you're explaining well, it the way you are, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, well, and and I think something else that we're not gonna get uh is the opinion of the pro uh independence people which i would be very happy to have someone on that could explain that at some point or maybe in the comments it's going to be easier if you go in the comments and uh and you know let us know why that independence claim is justified and and the reason behind it would be very interested to hear about that but it's certainly some information that i didn't have um you know, in, in yeah, the yeah. other end. But. Definitely. I, I've lived in Madrid, so I have the position of the government in a way. Right, right. <laughs> of course. All right. <laughs> no, um, many opinion, but it, it's just, uh, it's just it is, yeah. Yeah. Um, Turkey, how's it going? I'm sitting here listening about you guys talking about Spain. <laughs> I'm guessing that uh, the Catalonia referendum uh, or vote didn't make the news in the, in Saudi Arabia, or maybe it did. No, it, it did make the news, but we had another referendum that was more uh, close to us, which was the Kurdish referendum in Iraq. Ah, yeah. So, so that was so. Yeah, more maybe in the news. was that the the biggest news in in the last month? Uh, that's one of the biggest news uh, from the region. Yeah, that's the biggest news from the region. So how was it? Can you tell us about it a little bit? We certainly heard about it in in France as well, but um. it's yeah, it's uh, it's kind of complicated. Most of the people with uh, in Saudi definitely were opposed to the concept of uh, the Kurds uh, being an independent state. Um, it's it's a very complicated situation in general, whether in Spain or in Iraq or so on. It keeps on. I would think, for example, what would, how would I feel if it was like uh, the eastern province in Saudi Arabia decided to go independent, where all the oil is, or the western province, Hejaz, went into, wanted to be independent, where all the two holy Islamic cities of Mecca and Medina are. It's it, it's a kind of confusing whether to support such a movement or not. You, you can see the point of both sides. People who want to be independent, then you say, no, you're breaking about a nation that is established and connections and so on. And that's mostly the people, the reaction with the Kurdistan and the, and the Kurds here in Saudi. Uh, But in, in that case, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, man, uh, mandatory, sorry. It wasn't uh, binding, no, the, the referendum. It was illegal. Well, it was illegal, but not binding in the yeah. sense that they were. It, it automatically um, uh, meant that they were independent after the, the referendum or anything. No, no, it wasn't binding, but they were planning to declare independence. And uh, the problem is with this situation, it's 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 way worse than what would have happened in Spain. The problem with the Kurds is that the Kurds have live in Turkey, parts of Turkey, parts of Syria, and parts of Iran. And those nations have zero interest in seeing an independent Kurdistan, because that basically would mean that one of these days those parts of their own countries would want to join that nation, because this is an ethnicity. Kurds are an ethnicity in the Arab world, in 
I mean, Turkey and so on. And they're not Arabs, uh, they're Kurds. Uh, they also have their own language and everything, even though they're mostly Muslims. And the concept of breaking up, uh, and Iraq is very sp unique in that the concept of Iraq has always been seen in the Arab world as a great nation. And the idea that it would be breaking down into different countries is just doesn't sit well with a lot of people in the Arab world in general. Mm. So the reaction yeah. to the reaction in in the country was it this was is... more more of a worry reaction mm. because because of the, all the facts one no one wants to see uh, Iraq divided uh, the two they were worried about how the reaction of the other countries like Turkey uh, there were uh, uh, rumors that Turkey if Kurdistan does actually declare independence, the Turkish army might come in and uh, bring that country down because they won't, don't want something like that to happen. Uh, same reaction from the Iranian government and so on. So it's, it, it, this, is a, this is what makes the Kurds different is they never had their own nation. They might be an ethnicity, but they never had their own nation in, the, in history, at least as far as I know. And that's what makes it unique because people are saying, "Why are we have? Why is that even considered? Because there was never a nation, Kurdish nation. Why are we trying to invent a new nation or a new country in the world?" Does I mean I know it's a touchy subject, but does the conversation ever uh, veer to uh, Israel? You know? Uh, no, not really. Okay, because you know, creating a nation and all of this. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. no, no, because Israel is, uh, uh, the concept of Israel is already established in uh, Arab culture, and uh, which is basically that, and and I don't know, the and Israel is also a complicated situation in general, anyway. You yeah. have countries that have peace with Israel, like Jordan and Egypt, who recognize the, the government of Israel and so on. You have other countries who don't recognize Israel, period, as a government or as a country. And then you have those countries who, yeah, know there is a country called Israel, but they would rather not recognize it and so on. But right. the the Kurds and, and Israel is might not be an it, Israel has there has been a nation called Israel in the older days. There has been a country called Israel in the older days, so that, but that was what, like a, 2,000 years ago or something. Mm. And, and very few people would deny that that existed. What, uh, when it comes to Israel, people don't deny that Israel had existed at one time. They just deny that these are the same people who were the Israeli co country. But, and the, and, and the, they're not the same people, so they shouldn't have the right for a country. Uh, the Kurds mm. are different. The Kurds are actually an uh, ethnicity that actually lived in that area for centuries and centuries, but they never ever had their own independent country. Mm. Yeah, it's it sounds hard when when you when you have to declare independence from three countries at the same time. It's yeah. <laughs> and it, well, it, it, yeah, actually they were trying to get independent from Iraq right now. But the yeah, but you know that the know other that, countries yeah. are going to be against it. Yeah, exactly. Yes, because they, and, and, they and, would be next. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and and if one of them is Turkey, which is really big, 
I mean, yeah. and then, then I don't know. Uh, Turkey is one of the most aggressive one. Uh, uh, exactly. Anti-Kurdish. Uh, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, I do want to ask about something else. Uh, I do want to ask about that uh, women driving thing, which yeah. you alluded to earlier, but that's certainly something that we heard about uh, in France and I'm sure in other Western countries. Um Can yeah, we took very well uh, take care of the pub international media to make sure it knew about it. <laughs> oh, do you think there's like a concerted effort to make sure oh, yeah, people yeah. hear about yeah. it? Okay. Yes, yes, definitely. Mm. <laughs> so what's your question? Oh, just the context, you know, is it something yeah. that is... I've heard that it's uh, about um, ec the economy, that some... Uh, the fact that you need drivers is a strain uh, on families and with the economy not going well uh, that there are other justifications than just there's, being progressive. there's so, so there's so many theories uh, i personally believe it's a political theory it's a political move and uh, an international image move more than all the other theories they all but it's a costly effects. move isn't it because i'm i'm From what I, I know, from what you're telling me about Saudi Arabia, what yeah. you've been telling me over over the past few years, it's something that wouldn't be easy to push because the population is very divided on the topic, isn't it? They're very divided, but I don't think this one is that difficult to push. Oh, okay. uh, this is no, this is where it comes down. It's it's more the divide on this part is because we've been living it so long. It's more than actually people firmly believe in this separate. It's just we live this. This is how we live. This is how it works. Uh, the, keep in mind in Saudi, there are actually women who in, in Saudi who actually do drive right now, but you don't see them at all because they don't drive in cities. These are uh, Bedouin women who live in uh, camps and they travel around. The, the, you have women who are farmers, work on farms, and they actually drive cars in villages. They're not, they don't have licenses or anything, but they drive. It's like you would go to a village and you'll find women driving there. Mm. So as a concept, there's... An, and then the belief system why women shouldn't drive is not that religious because the basics of women not driving is not that women aren't allowed to drive. No religious scholar would even, at least extremely very few rare Extremists. Are you really. telling us, Turkey, that the Quran didn't say explicitly that women couldn't drive? <laughs> of course. <laughs> no, the concept is what, what, what the majority of scholars have been saying is women driving can lead to some problems and they put a list of problems. So it's better they don't drive just to avoid those problems. Right, When, but it's not a yeah. super hard rule. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not, you would. Almost impossible. Well, you'll find, I'm sure you'll find some extremist zealous who would say, yeah, it's anti-Islamic for women to drive. But no, the majority do believe women are allowed to drive. Women have, the basis of women driving is women riding horses or camels or coaches or whatever. And women have been riding those since the days of the prophet and traveling and doing business and so on. So the, the idea isn't that wrong islamically it's what could result from those from so, them driving so what are the fears then that they would go and uh, go and to bars and do things alone that would be reprehensible well first let's have bars then they can go and do right that. okay sorry <laughs> <laughs> but you know what i mean like to yeah. malls and yeah, coffee yeah, yeah. houses and yeah 
Yeah, it's something like that. It's you give women too much power. They get more freedom. They can start traveling alone, moving mm-hmm. around. Uh, they could end up uh, doing going to places they shouldn't uh, eat more easily. They would uh, uh, pick up guys, stuff, stuff like that. It's more like uh, theories like let what would what would a woman do if her car breaks down in the middle of the road? How is she going to take care of that? What if uh, a guy harasses her and she's alone mm. in the middle of the road and so on? So it's it's all of these concepts of what could that lead to? So right. and and so 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 fighting that is not that impossible, and and declaring it and doing it. I do have a problem with the concept of women driving. I don't have it as a person. The women drive. I do have a problem that they are going to suddenly open it like this because I think they should have made it through different phases. Started. So, what like do you for, think? Would what's the negative in this? The, uh, the negative in this in Saudi one, it's starting people to talk too much and fighting. Two, Saudi is a horrible place to drive. Period. <laughs> we have the highest rate. <clears throat> Of traffic ac- deaths and traffic accidents in the world, but that's the case regardless of whether or not women drive. Yeah, yeah, that is. I'm not saying it's going to increase. Uh, women are going to be part of the. It's going to increase it, but it is. We don't have a good uh, traffic system here, and and suddenly, and we don't have even good. We don't even have public transportation in Saudi. So what you're going to end up is just increasing the traffic making things a lot more difficult and people are already crazy drivers and women are going to struggle a lot to, to be part of this uh, new driving culture in this country so why do you say should... that i don't i don't really understand um i mean they're going to be struggling more than men because they're women and people are going to yell at them or <clears throat> yep stuff like that mm. yeah, and so you because... would have Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I would have gone more with uh, going at the phases. For example, let's say let's start first of all. Let's give women who are doctors and uh, and teachers who need to get to work. Let's give them the license. And a year later, we go to the second phase. A year later, go second phase, and so on. It's try it's try to ease it mm, into the okay. culture. Yeah. That's my personal opinion, but I, I, at the end of the day, I support women driving 100%. So whether it's this way or that way, as long as they get the right, they should get it. Okay. But uh, it's just my opinion. And do you think do you think that's it. that's gonna cause more traffic? I mean, and I know oh, that yeah. of course women driving, more cars driving, but women move. I mean, there, there, there were, I don't know, there were chauffeurs or uh, yeah, they have right? drivers, but I think them. yeah, they have it's more now, but. But this is this is the theory. Let's say a household has uh, uh, three daughters. They would only have one driver, one chauffeur, one car to drive them. Now, if they're allowed to drive, you, each one will have their own car. So you're going to increase the traffic on the road. And, and that's, yeah. that's the majority. Yeah. Mm. I, I understand how it sounds <laughs> um, yeah. to people in the audience. But it's also the reality of the country. And uh, I mean, phases, I can see why you would want it to happen in phases for sure. But um. Uh, for me personally, I I would at least want to have a public transportation so people can have options. Mm. 
right. before, before and, increasing and there, the traffic. There aren't any fold. talks of, of having a bus system, at least, which would be relatively no, easy to un- implement? We do have. We are, we are actually, Riyadh City is now do, working on the largest uh, project of public transportation maybe in the world. They're building five metro lines and then complete cover the entire city in, in a bus system. And it's costing like over $37 billion to do. And they're two years, two, two and a half years away from completing it. So there is, it's coming for Riyadh City, for example. I know they're planning projects, but they haven't started any of it in, in the other major cities like Jeddah City and uh, Dammam City. Those are the second two major cities. So, yeah, there are, they're working on public transportation. It's just not available yet. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully this will look like a, a tiny bump uh, in yeah. that particular let's, issue. Let's, like whether okay, they let, do it in five years or in one, yeah, you know, yeah. in, in in ten years, it's not going to be yeah. that important. I let think. me let me be let all the, everybody who's listening know. I'm just being selfish here. To be the simple thing is, I don't want the traffic to increase because I have enough problem traveling driving to work. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just being absolutely selfish in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that is an excellent conclusion to this episode. <laughs> That's Manal. She's shouting. She knows it. Wait, wait. I just want. I just. I just wanted to say that big, big thing in Peru is that it, it's possibly going to the World Cup next year, which is like the 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 the. the I don't know. The, okay, the, the thing I'll, that's I'll, going on. We'll we'll get back to you for just a second. Uh, Turkey, Manau yeah. is walking around your wife. For those who don't know, uh, yeah, ask her if she's happy that she's going to be allowed to drive. Are you happy that you're going to be allowed to drive? <laughs> uh, she says she's too spoiled. She'll just keep her chauffeur. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Um, I had a driver. I drive. <laughs> she, um, she, she, she said she'll get a license just in case but she would rather someone else drives her around but so you're gonna you're gonna keep the chauffeur even though she's gonna be allowed to drive so that's kind of an expense that you it's harder to justify isn't it uh, trust me i can understand where she's coming from if i could afford it i would get my own chauffeur Okay, so she pays for it herself, is what you're saying. Uh, uh, there, there, there's also the, you have to know one thing other other about Saudi, which is basically parking. This country does not have parking. Ah, so you, you need the to chauffeur place, to be driving around as you're shopping, increasing the, the traffic. When I go, when I go to work, I actually have to drive around inside the neighborhood to find a place to park on the street. That's how I did it as well in Paris for a long time. But yeah. Yeah. There is zero parking in this Mm -hmm. city and there's no option of public transportation. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Yeah. Franco, you were, you were telling us about the big story from Peru, which is, it's, 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 it looks stupid, but for Peru, it's really important because (laughs) it's been, I don't know, 30 something years since uh, uh, since Peru doesn't go to the to the um, World Cup and right now we're in the we need to we need to beat uh, New Zealand in November mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks and then we would go and, and and I'm pretty sure that if we go 
I mean, I don't know. The the the, the national the national uh, GDP will, will will increase by two percent at least. <laughs> one, of, one of those things that you think it doesn't matter, but for 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 the people's morale, it's really important. I mean, everyone now it has become a football fan. Everyone has wearing the T-shirt. I receive photos. The only photos that I receive from the, the, my friends are things that have has to do something with with uh, with football. I mean, I don't know, dogs dressed like football players, or I don't know, it's, dogs it's, it's dressed really like crazy. football players. <laughs> What's and, the population and, 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 in 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 Peru? Uh, like 30 million people. Okay, so it's not a small country. No, so it's not I'm sure small. things like that happen sometimes. Why is it so um so big? No, because, because I don't know, in Peru the national sport as in everywhere in Latin America it's football. Everyone's course, a fan yeah. of football. Everyone yeah. plays football. It's it's really crazy, but we're not that really good apparently. Okay. <laughs> so, how good are you, guys? How what? How good are you? Is how that bad? I want to know how bad because okay. to make sure they go against Saudi if they're bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, of course, of course, we're good. But <laughs> and 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 it's it's always always we've always thought that it's uh, it's unfair for us to co- have to play against all the pe- all the countries in Latin America, but because they're also so good that. Even though we're not that bad, we cannot enter. So it, it's usually a mixture between between chance and 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 and, and only chance possibly that we that makes us go to the World Cup. And um, yeah, we had it this time. And <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 as crazy as it can. And usually, all all the classifications for World Cups are are crazy in the sense that everyone, every every citizen. I mean, I'm telling this because there's a lot of people that do not get. Did not feel the idea of okay, maybe my country will go this time to the World Cup because I don't know France always goes. You know, the same that there's many countries that go always. Spain always goes, but Peru no. And it's really important. I mean, everyone is always doing like the calculations, math calculations, to to estimate the probability that we're going if we win this match and then this country loses this match with this other country, right. then we can go. But they're ins- insanely complicated. Because mm. there's, uh, I don't know, there's still four matches. Uh, when when uh, some time ago there were four matches to go at the, uh, still, and we had like these very complicated tables showing all the possible combinations of winning and losing by so many goals, and and you say, okay, if this happens, then we go. If this happens, then we may go. If this other condition, I don't know. It's it's yeah, it's really crazy. Mm. <laughs> so I, I'm really hoping we, we win New Zealand and and we have a chance. <laughs> Doesn't matter what we do in the World Cup, but we have at least. We have at least uh, gone. It's um, it's kind of yeah. It's very true what you were saying. We're usually in the World Cup, and so it doesn't really factor in. But I understand that a country that wouldn't usually be there if they have a chance to be there, and where football is so popular, then yes, I understand it would make basically the GDP rise significantly. <laughs> um, all right. I think that's going to be it for this very long show. Uh, thank you if you stuck with us for until the end. Um, why don't you, Turkey, tell us where we can find you on the internet? Well, as usual, you can find me on Twitter at Turkey Alvella, T-U-R-K-I-A-L-B-A-L-L-A. And from time to time, I put some posts and you can see how crazy I am on those occasions. Excellent. Thank you very much. The link will be in the show notes. Uh, Franco, are you still only on Google Plus? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, as a matter of fact, I, 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 <laughs> I, start, I, I started a blog recently 
well just 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 for some time and i'm st- i'm thinking on starting another one where, okay. um, about toulouse in fact about my, my my initiation in the in the city but uh, i haven't written anything yet so it doesn't it doesn't really matter now, oh. but, yeah hopefully well, someday i'll have i'll have something to share <laughs> all right well in the meantime i leave your uh, google plus account there and yeah, uh, I, ge- I guess i will put the blog post in the google plus so exactly. everyone in the internet can can know it exists exactly that would be perfect um <laughs> so for me it's not patrick on twitter and on facebook of course um, you can also find the show at frenchspin.com. You can go comment there in case you want to tell us some things that we got wrong or something that's, some things that we got right that you didn't necessarily think about before and you thought we made a great point. It happens sometimes. But if you want to have a conversation and a discussion, it's always uh, uh, nice to see people commenting there. Um, if you want to support the show, you can do so at Patreon. You know Patreon, of course. You just go create an account and uh, decide how much you want to contribute to the show for every episode published and at the end of the month you get billed for that amount and it's super simple the account takes like literally two minutes to create and you can stop anytime uh, so there is no uh, you you shouldn't feel uh, you know like you're trapped or anything you can just contribute stop when you want continue if you want to after a while um, it's super easy to do and it really does help um, get the show together because as you can guess it's not an easy show to put together <laughs> um, so p- patreon.com slash the Phileas Club it is uh, the link is available in the show notes you can check that out and um, that's about it I suppose thank you so much for listening we'll be back uh, very soon hopefully with an interesting episode and uh, we'll talk to you then alright bye everyone When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.